Hi, folks. Well, I do not have any content warnings this week. I have a fantastic conversation for you in a little bit, and we'll get to that in a moment. Next thing to talk about, though, is how we have animals. Yes. And they make noises. And one of whom is busy shoving your papers around or wants yeah, to. Yeah, that's Shaw. He, he was trying to, I don't know, dig through my glass uh, desk top on the desk behind me and that's just I mean it's adorable and really just like dude you're not gonna know at the same time so yeah uh, animal interruptions will happen and then the final thing is we swear and so yes and I sense some swearing coming on probably and on that note I should say that's why we're marked explicit we're not going to get any more explicit than strong language but like Podcast hosting people things. Yeah, you know the drill. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 183. I have a fantastic conversation. Okay, ignore all that. It was Inauguration Day. Nothing terrible happened. Trump is out. Oh my fucking God. So yeah, we really didn't get that much done today. I mean, it's it's been <laughs> walking on, I want to say, eggshells in a really tough to focus as it got closer and closer. No, I lots of us were genuinely scared that like, you know, something terrible would happen. You mean the motherfuckers would be back? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. So that did not happen. Yes, we're... and we actually held off recording this yesterday because we were afraid something would happen and it would be like the one we did right before the 6th. Yeah, it was, uh, and I, I, we didn't want to have to come back and record a, by the way, the world was a different place when we recorded that. I really hate how often we've had to record that. Uh, only a couple times, uh, because we've been doing it on Wednesdays more with a release day on Thursday? Yeah, but uh, the world should not be a different place as often as it is. That is fair. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so... Oh. Yeah, there has been uh, a large number of people who are talking about how uh, a lot of their low-grade anxiety has slowly shifted as the day has progressed... Uh, several people have said that, wow, the tension that I didn't realize was in my shoulders for the last four years just went away. And it's okay if you are not one of these people. Uh, it's not that we don't think you're relieved, but particularly as you get older, for a lot of us, uh, you no longer get that it's like a great weight moment of stuff lifting off your shoulders. Like your your chemical, the rewire, your, your chemistry has rewired your brain. Yes. Because there was a tiger in the room. And just because the tiger is out of the room does not mean your brain magically goes back to the way it was four years ago before you had to spend four years in a room with a tiger. And that doesn't even begin to talk about the other stresses that are still ongoing. Yes. Uh, like, you know, I don't know, COVID-19. Oh, um, yeah, global pandemic. Yeah. Uh, the, there, and, of course, there are many horrible political things still, and uh, it is okay to celebrate this without... Uh, it does not mean that you are, you know, giving up the fight forever and everything will be okay now. 
I think we we are we are fighting the, the, these two simultaneous urges between people who are like, but stuff still sucks, which it does, and people saying, but let me celebrate for the love of Christ, right? Which is also true, and they are both simultaneously true. Uh, I I am firmly of the opinion that if you cannot celebrate your wins, and this is a thing we actually yeah, we talk no, about a lot, celebrate your successes, and for otherwise you you stop succeeding i think like it's it's not so much a stop succeeding what i've found is that if you don't take that time to celebrate and talking to people about it then success becomes meaningless in any form right it's it and a lot of people i talk to i've talked to over the years are like you know i need to do better at that or well i celebrate a little celebrating a little is fine Celebrating a lot is fine for a big thing. It's whatever you're comfortable with. I feel that not celebrating at all is always kind of the wrong answer, even if your celebration is just walking into another room and saying to your partner, look at this thing I did, or your roommate, or calling your mom, or I'm or trying to find a nice a neutral that... Or, yeah. you know, uh, just... just do something. Give yourself a gold star. Uh, it and I, I get that there is a combination of let us say Protestant work ethic, which just keeps moving the goalposts of your soul. Right. Like okay, I succeeded at this thing, but now there's this other thing to do. So uh, you are not resting on your laurels if you allow yourself to be happy for five minutes. I know it's hard. I was raised as in the same way. So uh, yeah. yeah. So it's okay. You get a day or two to relax and and go. Thank God that's over. You are not a bad person. Yeah. The and the other thing is that as President Biden begins his term, there are a lot of people who are like, "Well, why don't you? This needs to be fixed. This needs to be fixed." There's a lot that needs to be fixed, and it can't all be done. It wasn't done in one day, and it will not be undone in one day. Yeah, it's uh, that's an unfortunate truth. Is that. It's way easier to break shit than it is to fix it. You can smash the sandcastle really quick. Yes. Uh, so, that being said, dude needs to have his he, he, uh, feet held to the fire, of course. We need to kick him as far left as we possibly can. But... You... At least you can kick him left. Yes. Uh, as or, opposed... or nudge left, or shove left, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's... Uh... Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if if you have had a day that has been absolutely not productive or a week that has absolutely not been productive because it's been leading up to the inauguration here in the States, you get a pass. Uh, like you said this morning that you you yeah. like just didn't show up to your stand-up for uh, on time because Lady Gaga was performing. Well, yeah, but that that's a whole other thing. I mean, if Lady Gaga had been... It didn't matter. Lady Gaga was performing live and singing the Star Spangled Banner. There are priorities in this life, and Lady Gaga <laughs> singing the Star Spangled Banner is way above showing up to my stand-up on time. Anyway, yes. I was already standing because the moment they said, please rise for the prayer. And uh, the, so you were a Boy Scout. Yeah, it was I, It was just like, yeah, okay, got to stand. Stood for the whole thing because that's what... Well, also you have a standing desk. Well, yeah, but in until... Until they literally said the thing, you may be seated, I stood. Uh, we all have our quirks. I am <laughs> unable to sit in the Catholic Church, for example, in a pew, um, or uh, or Anglican. 
Uh, you have to genuflect first. I would have to genuflect in order to sit down. Would you? Would you have? If you had been watching real time the way I was, the swearing in, uh, and with the uh, with the opening from the cardinal, I think it was. There is uh, yes, I probably would have. It's hind brain. I yeah. I, uh, I watched. Uh, they had panned at one point. Um, uh, uh, President Biden called for a moment of silence to remember everyone we had lost in the last year. And uh, when he said amen at the end of it, I watched a serviceman in the crowd cross himself. Yeah. Right? It was just, yeah, a thing. Um, uh, oh, I my God, have, I'm getting choked up about that. I wouldn't have to do it if <clears throat> Biden said it. If the car, When the cardinal said it, I, mm-hmm. I yeah, or the archbishop, I might have. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, some things are hindbrain functions. Now, uh, one thing that was pointed out, and uh, I, I tend to agree, is that um, it would be nice if there were more uh, multi-faith yes. at these events. Absolutely. Um, and that's understandable. Something I also found impressive was that during the Pledge of Allegiance, the service member reciting it, she was signing it at the same time. Oh, wonderful. Um, and there was apparently a sign language feed for the entire thing. That's fantastic. Another yeah. nice thing is pretty much the instant that uh, Trump was out, the WhiteHouse.gov thing uh, is now back to being available in Spanish, which yeah. got taken down years ago. And apparently they hadn't either someone had it prepped or they had never erased it or what. But uh, they no, they they've been doing work to prep it. They Good they have. Uh, there's also a code comment on HTML pages that says, "Hey." We need help to uh, get back to better, like or building back build to better. Build back better, I think. Yeah, was build the back better. Yeah, um, and a link to a job application. <laughs> I'm and like, one thing that is really nice, in yeah. addition to the first uh, trans cabinet member, yeah, uh, one of the uh, a secret. I think the assistant secretary of health. I want to say mm-hmm. is uh, is trans. Is uh, you now ha- they're now on your uh, on the contact form. There's a drop down for what pronouns you would like that include they, them, other, and prefer not to say. So you know. Yes. Props. Yes. Anyway, uh, uh, and, uh, <laughs> the second gentleman has been nothing but class. Yes. Um, it was. Uh, it was just. I. I teared up just a little. Just a little. Missed it up when. Uh, Vice President Elect Harris and her husband uh, entered the podium. Yeah. Like I, 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 it was just. This has just been uh, pretty amazing, and so that, as you can see, that's what we focused on today. That's where everybody. I mean, a lot of people's productivity was. Yeah, and that's fine. It's it is totally fine if you didn't get crap done today. Yeah, and at least for once, it was for a good reason, huh? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it is also okay if, as as everyone else is being relieved you don't find yourself feeling as much relief as you want to. And that is okay. I am with you there. It is, it is chemical wiring in your head does not let you relax just uh, because the tiger is gone. It's like, but you live in a world with tigers. Yes. So it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. In, in other news, I got my crab desk today, my pen crab. Yes, you're, you're, yes, these are little plastic crabs that hold pens. Yes, kind he, he, of holds adorable. It, he holds it up over his head and his claws. Uh, I will be posting photos to Twitter later, I'm sure. It's, um, it's pretty adorable. Yes, I, I keep, I'm trying to keep it in a place where the cats 
uh, don't walk very or won't run off with it. Oh, speak of the devil! I'm Hello, step Shaw. on one and scream like it's a Lego. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, because I know we have cats, and I know how they are, I bought multiple pen crabs because they were not very expensive. And when one runs, when one is, one disappears, uh, I have I have backups. I have backups. So. Uh, I, I do love just being able to look up from my keyboard and there's a little pen or there's a little crab holding a pen in both hands over his head like, <laughs> I'm look at me lift this thing. I am victorious. It's great. Um, and I'll I'll put a link to those in the show notes. It's the little things. It, it really is. It really is the little things some days. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I did shit this week. And honestly, I don't even care. Like... I will start worrying about life being normal next week. Um, January has been kind of a combination of... It's been like a dumpster fire with a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, yeah, this is why everyone is behind on everything. If it's, you know, uh, not an insurrection or... uh, uh, God knows what. Uh, yeah, everything's a lot. Yeah, I am two days behind on my target goal for having articles written for opensource.com for the series that's currently running. Uh, but I am hoping to get caught up because I'm in, I'm in the home stretch. Yeah. Like, I had 21 articles, and I'm a little stuck on Article 16 right now. But I'm hopeful that... Like either later tonight after we're done recording, or tomorrow I'll be able to knock out like sixteen through nineteen, or yeah, sixteen through twenty because uh, what is it? Uh, Seventeen through twenty are all processed, and then twenty-one is my wish list things that I do every year. You know, if you know what an article is going to be, you can jump ahead and write that. uh, I know the title or at least i know the concept i want to do i'm afraid that if i jump ahead and write that then i will be sitting there on like sunday night trying to write tuesday's article because that's the one i'm stuck on yeah but that way you'll still be you might be there on sunday night anyway but this way you'll have wednesday and thursday and friday we can we can shuffle around yeah 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 uh this is one thing i say uh there are people who have to write from the beginning of the book to the end. Mm-hmm. And if they jump ahead at all, I had one writer say to me, but that would be cheating. Mm. Uh, that is not how that I write. Is, no. I just write shit. And yes. later on, I figure out where that shit goes. So sometimes, uh, usually I start a book more or less at the beginning, uh, even with some ideas of what's going to happen. But then once I've got like the establishing shot in, basically I will jump way ahead start writing things, and that way I have kind of a direction to aim for. I'm thinking about this because I have to, I have just started another novel that's due in five months, and uh, I'm still kind of feeling my way through it, and I was having a hard time writing today because obviously, and I would, you know, I wrote a couple hundred words, and then I went away for a while, and then I had sort of an idea and wrote another hundred words, and went away for a while, and then I was finally like, this is bullshit. The heroine's <laughs> going to do a humorous monologue about earwigs. And that was 750 words, suddenly very rapidly. Uh, 
I mean, <laughs> the heroine's I mean, an entomologist. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a horror novel. There'll be ghosts, not scary bugs, because the heroine wouldn't find them scary. But sometimes you just need a humorous monologue about earwigs. And uh, my editors made the mistake of saying they loved all the nature and sciencey stuff I put in my books. <laughs> so. This uh, they, is really yeah, on them. Really is, really is. It, that's very different from the kind of writing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing uh, a mixture of technical articles and uh, sort of how to deal with things articles in terms of uh, email and calendars and scheduling, but also you know the technical bits are here is a all-in-one solution for you that does all these things, and then talk a couple days about email filtering or, or and uh, and doing labels and Shaw stop eating the spider's legs that that spider is older than yeah no that that that's older than Jacob that that, that thing is no like, no you got that when when Jacob was young I was I was with you in okay target, okay yes, yeah but... buddy don't the chewing on the spider well Sergey used to attack the spider too it's a giant stuffed spider it that is. sits on his his bookcase yeah I I like it so uh, anyway, it's uh, a lot harder for me to go ahead with things, even though I sort of know what's planned. If I've got this big block, sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I can't. So we'll we'll see. Different um, strokes for different. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a different, different method. Thinking of different methods. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Terry Gant of Third Coast Comics in Chicago and just floored by how he keeps himself and his shop, his his store, organized. And we're going to have that for you right after this. Productivity Alchemy with Kevin Sonny. And some of you really wanted to hear this conversation, and now you're in. This conversation's happening. I'm here. It's going on right now. I don't know if that's what Kevin wanted to happen right now, but it's happening. What I was going to say is, hi, folks. I am here with Terry. <laughs> Terry is awesome. And we're going to talk about how Terry stays productive. And the important thing here is, Terry, I want you to do even more introduction of yourself okay. and tell us about what you do. Got it. I am the owner of Third Coast Comics, um, a comic book and graphic novel shop in Rogers Park in Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Um, we have basically been, we started as an online store in 2005. In 2008, we became a brick and mortar. And basically what I do is I um, sell graphic novels and comics and, and kind of fill your, your, whatever that geek need you have. I match basically your taste, whatever they may happen to be, with comics and graphic novels that you might not have realized existed that were perfect for you. That's what I do. All right. Totally self-interested question here. How many copies of Digger do you have on your shelf right now? How many copies of what? Digger. <laughs> Digger. Oh, I have um I don't I don't have any copies of Digger. Oh, but like 
I could I could acquire copies of Digger. Yeah, that's that's my wife Ursula's. That's the comic she won, won all the awards for. So well, okay, well, okay. When we talked about this, I had no idea who anybody was like a week ago. So yeah, like it is, it is, if it's an award winning graphic novel, there are probably people who would love that in their hands, and I bet I can get copies. So yeah. I love that. I'm always looking for like new uh, uh, content that I can like put in folks' hands, especially like if they get used to just seeing like Umbrella Academy and things like that, they're kind of mass market. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you've kind of, ex, you've exhausted how many, how much of that you can kind of sell to folks, right? So then something in this market, which is like the three neighborhoods near me, something that they may have heard about on the internet, heard about in the book club, heard about in various channels, but not seen, putting a physical copy in somebody's hands, especially with my chef's choice plan, like that works out like nobody's business. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, because I know there are a lot of indie creators, and for them, getting into stores or getting into the marketplace in general is really tough. Um, uh, most of my friends in the comics industry, as it were, are webcomic artists. Yeah. And for them, it's a whole other challenge, right? Yeah. So, awesome. For me, what I the way I kind of made it work out is I know that the bulk of the industry is going to be Marvel and DC. Yes, that's going to be oh, like yeah. 75% of the market. But I also know that in my community, the bulk of the readers aren't Marvel or DC readers. And right. they also aren't the kind of people who like know who publishes what to begin with. So they actually need someone to say to them, you would love this thing, even if it's made by somebody around the corner. Like when something's a monthly floppy comic with staples in it, it's a, a, a thing that people feel like they have to chase month to right. month to month and only a certain kind of customer really wants that thing these days and the bulk of the industry chases that thing but in my market i find that very few people actually want to chase that thing month to month and once it's on a wall like with, with its face out digger has the exact same amount of weight as the umbrella academy now, right? yes because yeah. no yeah. one knows no one really knows unless i tell them when they were published, no one knows if it's local or not unless I tell them. If they ask, I point it out, right? If it's a selling point, I point it out. People say, is it young adult? You know what? It's a young, it's, it is young adult. It's young adult, and so is bone, right? Like, yes. there are things that, are far, that, are, that have a, a bigger sort of a reach, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't have to worry about that now. Once it's in graphic novel form and it's on my wall face out, I can sit it right next to anything and its shelf life entirely changes. And people love the fact that they can discover something brand new that could literally be brand new or be 30 years old. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah. 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 And yeah. Bone is one of those masterpieces that uh, I, I think I've probably, I didn't get introduced until I was over 30 and you know, but it was, it was just like, this is a masterpiece. I remember reading Bone when it was first coming out and, and, I, I was, it was fantastic, but I was kind of like weirded out by like just how smooth it was. Yeah. Like it was too smooth for my taste <laughs> in the nineties. I needed this kind of like jagged thing with like shadows dropping all over the place, but it's so damn clean. It's almost like it's peanuts with more motion. Yeah. Right. And that, that yeah. I wasn't ready, you know? Well, but and dragons. Time, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So with all that going on, how do you keep yourself organized, man? So, okay. In order to even do this, you sent me the seven questions and I had to write the answers all down because <laughs> I never think about, I don't think about how I do it so much as I develop a system and just work that system. Right. But if you, if you ask me on the train, I couldn't tell you, right? <laughs> but when I get to the shop, I work my system. So keeping myself organized, it involves in, in the shop, lots of lists, 
Lots of mm-hmm. numbering of things and scheduling of things, right? In my personal life, it's the calendar, right? It is, it is things have to go on my Google calendar or they just don't really happen, right? Or I have to wait until like an emotional moment hits me and then I get, uh, right now my current project is I am, I am organizing and archiving my comic book collection, which is horribly disorganized, but because we're in like a, a pandemic spike, spending more time at home, it's cold right. outside. I'm now like hunkered down in my comic book room every night, bagging and boarding and, 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 and pulling things out of the collection. I'm just going to donate to somebody like, but I'm going to do this for like two months. And in two months, I'm going to be tired of looking at comics in my house. And then I'm going to go into like a three month theory of uh, flurry of like practicing guitar. Right? right. Because that's how it works at home. But in the shop, I can't do that. In the shop, I have certain things that have to happen on certain days. Yeah. Right. Certain things that have to happen at certain times of the day and something else had to happen before that. So I have to write stuff down. I have to keep lists. I have, um, I have like lots of like, um, every time I do like a reorder, I get these little, like these packing lists. I'm kind of holding up for the camera. Yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Things, right. But the packing lists aren't horribly, I mean, yeah, check off what came in the box. Right. But I save all of them because on the backs of them is where I write notes of what needs to happen. <laughs> a given day, right. So my, my work area is covered in like these stacks of folded packing lists where I sort of like, I have um, one part where I'm kind of pointing to, I don't know if you can see right here. This is like uh, subscribers have asked for a thing to be added to the list. So I write it there. Um, here I have a list of things that have to get done on particular days. And the reason I have these up is because m- this year, specifically during the pandemic, my industry went through a big change. Oh yeah. One of my big publishers, DC Comics, becoming their own distributor. And that threw my entire process into like a, it threw a monkey wrench to the whole works. So I couldn't do what I would normally do on a Tuesday when books come in in order to process a whole shipment and just work my day. I kind of have to like have uh, like these, these, these wrinkles have come up in my process and I have to write them down and keep them on a piece of paper until I come up with a separate system that right. accounts for me now using different multiple distributors that I didn't use before and distributors to back up those distributors that I didn't use before. Like, this is how I have to do it. It has to be like, um, things get written down on paper, stacked around me. And then I work through that. Okay. Yeah. So it's like uh, uh, a to-do list of to-do lists, except paper stacks. In fact, one of the things the pandemic did was when we started this job, I started like doing a lot of, it was all online, all online and mail order. And I kind of got out of online and mail order until a couple of years ago when I was, I started like an Amazon store for like dead product, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The pandemic actually had me close the Amazon store because I didn't know how many times I'd be able to come down to my shop. If everything in Chicago was like shut down, like, I don't know if you're in Chicago. I don't know where you're at. Like, I don't know if you guys shut down. No, but I, I was actually supposed to come to Chicago in March. Um, okay. uh, but uh, no, I live in North Carolina, so Got it. Yeah, so but here, same deal, yeah. <laughs> our shutdown happened, and I wasn't sure how many times, how often I'd be able to come here to be packing stuff that Amazon customers wanted, but I was in communication with my regular customers about how to get them their stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I killed the Amazon shop, which also got me to kill paying Amazon the extra fee. But then I had to create these extra processes we're going to get to in the conversation. So I have these numbers around. Oh, post-it notes with a number on it. I have post-it notes with numbers. Because I have to remind myself the order in which that now I have to process orders that come in, like like over email, like of, of things. Yeah, I yeah. have, yeah. It's all it's all old school. Like I still have databases with things, right? But like 
now I have to do these different things that didn't have to do before. And I have to remember the steps in which to do them to be the most efficient. Right. So I have right, posted right, right. those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, and before we get into the actual system itself, like, is there anything else, like any tools you're using or, uh, or, or, you know, things you're, you're keeping around? I have the main distributed delivered point of sale system and database. Mm-hmm. I have, thankfully, because of the way that DC Comics really screwed us, I have uh, uh, Google Docs. Yep. Um, I have a million spreadsheets. I create spreadsheets sometimes just to, like, figure something out. Then I save the spreadsheets and just put more crap in the spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets. <laughs> I have a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I have a box of six by four inch chipboard cards with everyone's address and name on it. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I have things. Yeah, no, 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 no. And it's, and it's all old school. I mean, other than, you know, like spreadsheets and yes. I'm, I'm sure the order system for your distributors now, but like it's, it's very physical and tactile thing. And that's really yes. cool. Yeah. Yes. Cause I have to, I have to be able to see progress. Right. right. I have to like when when something is is when I have a stack of pack packages to go to the post office, I like seeing that there's 20 packages in a big stack. Right. Right. My, my next word would be how the hell do I get them home? Right. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> in the summer, it's on my bike. But in the winter, I'm not carrying this crap on the L. So I'm doing the lift home. But like I, I like at least this is the way that I keep from getting overwhelmed is with my numbering system. When things move to the next stage, I know progress is being made and I ain't got to right. pack. There you go. Yeah. And I think, and, and that's, that's like the whole idea here, right? Is so that you don't panic. Like so everyone has, panic. everyone has their way of doing it. So they don't panic. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, all right, let's dig into the system now. Systems and habits. Cause it's, okay. it, it's like the two are dovetailed here, right? You, yep. you have these systems that you're developing and then you make them into habits. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so for me, um, so we have the database, which is like the system situation, right? Great. That is one in which I, I know every Tuesday when the bulk of my shipment starts arriving, I can go to my database, do like run my quick little process thing. And I don't, I, but I don't do that until I've counted everything and made sure nothing's damaged, right? Open the boxes, put it all out. I get to cackle over my shipment that week. And then I got to go to the database and make sure like I got to tell the distributor, you didn't mess anything up. Great. Or give me more stuff. Great. Right. It's right. all here. If I don't do that process, then I also don't know which of my regular subscriber people want what is in that shipment, right? Okay. So I have to do that part first. But the trick here is, thanks to the wrinkle of DC Comics going on their own, they're right. not included in that process, right? So now oh. all of their books, their DC books, they will come, they'll come in a separate shipment, and there is no database process for that thing. So I have this. Oh, 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 oh. He's gone off screen, folks. Here it comes. <laughs> I have a clipboard. Oh. <laughs> with every DC title on it. And and I use the same, I use those uh, those those packing list thingies, right? Yep. All right, every DC title on it, right? And if they make new titles, I just kind of add them to a blank spot on the clipboard. And then I look over my table at the end of Edit Tuesday, right? And then I right. determine, all right, who gets what, right? But it's at the end of my sorting process for everything. DC gets done next because I don't really have like a, there is no, hey, and then you just hit this button, hit this button and DC stuff gets loaded. Now, 
there is, go to their website of your distributor for DC Comics, right. download uh, a file, import it into the other system kind of thing. It involves some steps. And I have been refining that process, which is right here. Oh. Oh. oh, oh. On, yep. on field matching, right? Quantity and yeah, 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 yeah. So that I could download the file, which does not go directly into the other system, manipulate the file, move columns around, uh, format different columns and all this crap. The, and this is why this is important in the systems and habits part of it is, right? Right. To do the primary bulk of the order part of it, that gets done on a Tuesday religiously and has been done that way since we opened in 2005 or even 2008, right? Well, Tuesday right. is new comic book day, Tuesday right? Is new comic book day, right. <laughs> For the DC comic stuff, you can do what I did and completely forget to do that on Tuesday because it's an entirely outside process. <laughs> <laughs> and, and today, a guy came up with one of the DC books off my shelf and he's like, hey, I'll buy this thing. I was like, great. And I went to scan it and it didn't scan. And I was like, son of a bitch. I forgot to import the DC stuff because it's an outside extra process. Right. Like, even though we've been doing it, like, I mean, every, most everybody had to sign up with these guys in like July. I didn't really have to go with them fully. Just at, Maybe I did. Maybe in July. It's been so many workarounds to get to this point. It's not fully ingrained in my process yet. Right. <clears throat> when to do it. So it takes me, I time myself. It takes me like seven, seven to 10 minutes to do. But it's mm-hmm. seven to ten minutes you have to remove from something else to remember to do that thing. Right, right. It would be better if you did that thing first thing on a Tuesday, right? But, like, it's just not slotted properly in whatever else I'm doing on a Tuesday. I'm, I'm going to ask a question. and sure. uh, and And you might, this may be something you hadn't considered, or you may tell me I am completely, like, full of shit. Um, have you looked at automation on the DC comic thing? Um, so we're going to get to my answer on that in one of your other questions. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like, and here's here, I'll, I'll, I'll foreshadow it. That is a great suggestion. I will think about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to come up later. All right. No, no, no. All right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. So DC's a pain in the ass is what you're saying. Yes. DC, yeah. And it's not just DC, any vendor. And it's, it's really the pain in the ass is, I have the system that I have and it's the only system I can afford right now because right. I spent enough money on this damn thing. I'm going to use it so the wheels fall off. Right? right. But it doesn't work very well with outside vendors. Right. Okay. So any outside vendor I have, technically I got to come up with a workaround for, and that's what I've been doing. Right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. the customer doesn't know it, which is the important part. It has to be seamless to the customer. Right. It can be weird yeah. for me, but it can't be weird for you. Yeah. I just want to walk up and buy my comic. That's it. And yeah. it has to feel like nothing changed whatsoever. Meanwhile, you know, on the back end, the all the comic stores owners, all of the industry stuff is is like hands in the air, heads on fire. What the fuck is wrong with DC? But, and a lot of these guys have still been using, they've been using index cards for 30 years, right? right. <clears throat> I've at least got spreadsheets and Google Docs and <laughs> post-it notes. <laughs> Some of these guys never even got to the database stage. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know comic shop owners, all their, all their, all their taxes are out of a shoebox. Right. So like, yeah, I'm in a much better place than some other people could be. Oh, oh yeah. No. Are, actually, yeah. yeah. The, the shop I was, uh, I frequented when I lived in Queens was, uh, yeah, it was all, here's your pull list and it's on paper and we have it in a file. And, yes. uh, you know, um, that was back in the day when I, you know, was able to walk to my comic book store cause I lived in a proper city and all that mess. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, 
Shameful answer. I haven't actually frequented a comic book store regularly in probably a decade. But but you do know how to get your comics. Oh like, yeah, you comics. Yeah. Like the going to a comic shop part is that's fun, and a lot of comic shops really do. They still thrive on that thing. But I personally, I kind of feel like if more comic shops went to a hybrid model, even post pandemic, where you don't have to physically come in and experience us. What you want from me is my knowledge. Right. You don't give two shits about the paint color on my wall. Right. You want, you want that, that I can match you to what you actually need. Right. You don't, you don't want me to be an AI. You don't need me to be a bot. Right. But you right. do need what's in my head and my ability to read you. You need that. Right. You don't actually need like that. My carpet is gray. My walls are in four color. Look, it's fantastic that I did match. I did match the paint in my shop. Two comic book colors. Yes, I did do that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only color match comics. That's fine. If you're in my shop, that's great. I used to have a, a 750 square foot sales space, right? Right. And that totally worked out at that point. But like four years ago, I downsized. I'm only 250 square feet. I don't need you caring about what's on my walls and my wall color now. I need, let's get in, get it done. I don't want you to feel claustrophobic. My sh- people don't. They come in and they're amazed that I got as much as I did in here without it feeling claustrophobic. That's fantastic. But now yeah, that we're yeah, worried yeah. about public safety, and public health, mm-hmm. right? like now every shop should be like trying to like kind of match customers' taste to their shelves and not trying to get you to buy Thor because Thor is hot. Right. Yeah. And, and I do the, the comic book store, which we would go to semi-regularly. I mean, we have to drive up to it. We had to drive up to it in Chapel Hill, recently went out of business, uh, purely pandemic related because they were based around the people come in model. Yes. Right. Uh, but the thing that differentiated them, that made them friendly to that model, is they actually had that. They had paint on the walls, and they had actual displays, and they had people who were there to match you with comics. Not the how do I put this? Uh, the old sloppy dude who probably hasn't had a shower in three days. Fantastic. And, yeah. So yeah. Nothing but long back, boxes. Guys. Yeah. Everyone come in the shop and their wives, girlfriends, partners, significant others, yep. whatever, boyfriends. Everybody will feel comfortable when they're there. But the trick becomes when when we remove the wrinkle of we remove eighty percent of the people can't come into your store now. Now what do you do? Right. Right, right? right, right, right. Now you gotta now you fall back on the whole point of you being there for 30 years doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You can you can welcome them with text, right? You can yeah. you can be warm in an email, right? You yeah. do that thing. Like, because people will still support you. They want to support you. Your your real trick here though, your real trick is volume because landlords don't necessarily have to recognize that a pandemic is a pandemic, right? Landlords don't have to always say, well, you did lose 80% of your customer base. Let me reduce your rent by 80%. Like that's the hard part, right? So you have to like really, you're going to spend more hours now making up for that. But the way to wake up, the way to make up for it is literally that. It is to shift your model so that inside is all about fulfillment, right? Right. Because you can't do, like my, my model before was all about events. I did pie bake-offs, cake bake-offs, whiskey, and bourbon, bacon, chocolate, and comic seminars. I did all these different th- karaoke nights. I did a, 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 a night where I matched uh, a movie to a brand of tea to a comic. Like, Oh, dude. I had, all, I had all these things that I would do for events because I'm trying to draw people into the shop. The second we're at pandemic, all the events stop. Everything ends. Right. So all I can do now is use my actual like knowledge of, of the product and my understanding of my customer base in order to fulfill what they want, right? And when yeah, we're yeah. done, we're right back at, at, at bourbon and, and, and comic seminars. I have no problem with that. So now I'm like starting to think, all right, 
if I don't get to go back, because we rescheduled our Chicago event for 2021, and if that doesn't happen, <laughs> when am I going to be in Chicago again? And I'm like, because we're, we're playing the bourbon, we're playing the bourbon and comic seminar around your schedule. Oh, I was going to say there, there's going to be bourbon and whiskey when I'm in Chicago, no matter what. Absolutely. So yes, we'll make that happen. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, what else? What else we got? What's the um, well, systems? For systems, those are my systems. Those are, okay. Those are my systems. But, you know, it, when I couldn't come to the shop more, I had uh, a process where I would check my email and my Facebook uh, messages and my Twitter account in the morning. I had a little like notebook next to my computer at home. And then if anybody was ordering things, I would kind of write things down there and then bring them to the shop to do fulfillment. But now yeah. I'm in the shop. I basically just let it all wait until the shop. If I start doing things like trying to respond to emails and, and, and messages on my phone on a Sunday night when I know I'm not back in the shop until Tuesday, I'm going to screw something up because by Tuesday I won't remember. Right. Right. I have no way now to like, unless I write it down in a pad. And now that we're not in fully shutdown mode, my brain is in shop stuff is shop stuff. Home stuff is home stuff. And yeah, I completely yeah. keep these things separate. So like, I try to like say to a person, when I get it on Tuesday, I will look into that. You know, I want to say it out loud so that on Tuesday, I know I'm tackling it on Tuesday. Right. And writing it down. Yep, and writing it down. And writing it down. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great segue into what, like, how do you decide what to do first on a given day or what does a typical day look like? So I do it by the day, right? Because right. there, there are certain days that certain things just have to get done on. And most of that comes down to, like, Tuesday is the beginning day when the shipment comes in. So absolutely, there's a series of things that has to happen on Tuesday. My invoicing uh, for people's orders tends to happen on Wednesday because that is at that point, everything's already sorted, right? It's right. Just, and Wednesday is on sale day officially. So I can now start telling customers who can't come to the store, here's your, here's your order. Here you go. Just pay this invoice online. Fantastic. Or even like people who are like, hey, I want to buy a thing. What do you got? You know, give me a chef's choice for $75. Boom, Wednesday's a great day for that, right? Right. On Thursday is usually the day which they've paid on Wednesday. I can pack on Thursday, right? If I pack on Thursday, take it home on Thursday night, I can ship it out on Friday by delivering it to the post office. Or if my postal person comes by on, on that previous day, I just hand it to her and we're all good, right? Right. Generally, everything happens on a particular day because that's the most efficient day to do it. There's a, there are two things that have to happen that can happen at any time during the week, but the best days for them that I found are Thursday, Fridays. And that's when I'm doing what's called the final order cutoff. It is when you can look at your previous orders, adjust your numbers up and down for things coming out in like two or three weeks. Right. 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 If I wait until Saturday, I'm a little too frazzled with the busyness of Saturday to get an accurate order in. I get distracted a lot because I have customers to deal with, but on a Thursday, or it's, it's a little less busy in the middle of the day. I can actually focus on that thing. And some people might say, how do you really know what you sold through if you're doing it like the day after comics really went on sale? I feel like you know at the end of a Wednesday whether something's going to be hot or not by the time it, by the time Saturday rolls around, right? Yep. So I can just judge that and say, it's Thursday. What's coming out in three weeks? Nope, don't need any more of this. I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The real trick here is, and this is a little maybe a little inside baseball for our listeners, comics is like gambling right if oh, I'm, right, yeah, in yeah. november last week last week it was the deadline for my january order mm-hmm. right so anything with a number one for january i just placed an order for last week in november right 
next this month in December, at the end of the month when I place my order, I'm placing an order for number two of that thing. Number one doesn't show up until January, but I have to place an order for the second issue, right? Right. Without knowing how number one performed, right? right. So I have to, a lot of times you're looking at your, 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 your forms and you're going, hmm, yeah, you know what? I was really hot on this in the beginning, but I just, I wasn't that hot on it. I got to pull back a little bit because number ones and number twos don't sell equally, right? Yeah, so you, yeah, yeah. You, know you have to order less. So a lot of what we're doing is totally forecasting like, oh, okay, well, I won't know how number one did. I'm ordering number three, right? Right. So here's here's number one in my shop, finally selling. I got to figure out a third issue and I got a second issue I haven't even seen yet when I'm ordering the third issue, right? It, this, it's a weird sort of eight week system. So sometimes I have to just be like, yeah, okay. Based on how number one did, I'm out by number five, right? I'm not even messing right. with it anymore. Something else has got to go on that shelf space, right? Something's so, going to move. I don't mind using Thursday, Friday to figure that out because at least at that point, I'm saying to myself, however things are going in my store right now, I'm prepping the future of what the store is going to be like, right? right? Getting out of something that I'm not super confident in. You know, when I'm ordering a book, I I already have in my head sort of like an idea of which customers are going to want. If I can't come up with X amount of customers, I'm not really so hot on that book and sometimes I just skip it all together. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. They can either special order individual issues, or sorry, go somewhere else. If they're really invested, let me look into that. Give me about a week, right? Right. And I can come back to you. And if if it turns out like eBay and everything's got marked up on eBay, it's like okay, look, man, you can you can do that. I don't have to mark it up for you. You Yeah. Like if you give me a couple days, I got you. You know, for the most part. Yeah. Especially if I'm writing it down and sticking a push pin in on the wall here. (laughs) (laughs) and i notice all of all of your notes uh uh, for those of you listening at home you can't see this but i can seem to be at eye level for when you're standing yes yeah um (laughs) i have two different ways of doing this one is that everything's at eye level for kind of when i'm standing and then there's some that are like laying flat on this one little shelf kind of like right here in front of me yeah yeah like my, my laying flat zone is things that I have to refer to like in the next day or so, right? Right. Like, these are numbers or like some kind of calculation I've made in the next day or so I need to get back to this thing, right? Things that are like at eye level on the wall are stuff I got to come back to in like a week. You know what I mean? Long-term, yeah. you know, like long-term kind of missions to find a thing, you know, or like things where some, some city official might come in wanting to see my business license. Bam. It's right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like your liquor license when you're running a bar. Yeah, I have, um, there's a... a I, I bet you have to have one of those if you're doing whiskey events, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, so here's the thing. I'm not actually, when I do whiskey and comics seminar, I am not selling whiskey. I am charging you $10 to $15 a head for my knowledge. You're okay. gaining information here. The whiskey pour happens to just be a thing happening in the room. I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. You know, my information is valuable, sir. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just... the man just... walk in, I will say it's like any other party, right? I'm not selling mm-hmm. booze. I sell books. I have a license to sell books. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, my, the point of the, like, the, the wine seminar and the whiskey seminar is if you are a wine connoisseur or a beer connoisseur or a whiskey connoisseur and you like graphic novels, I match the graphic novels to the type of thing you're drinking. 
Okay. Right? I match it to the type of wine you're drinking. I match it to the type of beer you're drinking. I match it to the, the, the type of like, like whiskey, bourbon, or scotch you may be drinking. So it's not just to come in and have a couple of drinks. And we talk comics. It is that specifically, if you drink, if you like this sort of wine, if you're a Riesling or Gert Straminer fan, if you're a, a, a if you're if you're in that zone, right? Right. And these are the graphic novels that you might find more enjoyable with those things. But if you're a Shiraz, if you're on the Shiraz or the the, the Tipper Neo end, you might enjoy these kind of things over here. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what we're getting here for our ten to fifteen bucks. No, yeah. no, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so wait, so wait, wait. What what pairs with? Um, uh, I know personal favorite. What pairs with? Uh, uh, Hellblazer. Uh, Hellblazer is going to be the Shiraz and Tempranillo end. And not only will it be the Shiraz and Tempranillo end, that's where I would say specifically if you're reading Hellblazer, don't spend more. Do not spend more than $15 on anything you're drinking while you're reading Hellblazer. <laughs> John Constantine wouldn't appreciate it. Don't do it. Do not. At all. In fact, if I were you and I were, if I were reading Hellblazer, <laughs> I would go so far as to say it is okay to put your red wine in the fridge first. Right? Oh, oh. <laughs> that is what I would say you do if you're reading Hellblaze. Now, wait, does does that vary by each writer's run or just in general? No, because I'm only going to tell you to read like the first, basically first five, six volumes of Hellblaze. Okay. I'm, I'm going to stop you from it. Because if you're going to read, if you're going to go to volume nine or 10 or 12 of Hellblazer, you're already a lifer. You don't need my advice. Yeah, okay, fair. Right? fair. There ain't shit I can tell you now, buddy. You're, you're reading, you've gone all the way up to like Azarello's run. You're good. Don't worry. Nothing <laughs> else matters, right? But if you're getting into Hellblazer, you're only reading the first three probably. And that's, that's where my advice would be. I'm getting you into the book. Right, right, right. What about uh, since it's complete, and since the TV series is complete, and I think the TV series and the comic are probably two different experiences, what if you're going to sit down and read Preacher? Uh, if you're going to sit down and read Preacher, I'm going to say now we're not even in the wine zone. We're not doing Preacher and wine. We're doing Preacher and beer, and we're going to do Preacher, or we're going to do Preacher and whiskeys. Okay. If Preacher and whiskeys, this is fantastic. My personal thing to say with Preacher is benchmark, and I'm going to say here's why. If you're a Jameson <laughs> guy, and I'm a Jameson guy. Yeah, yeah. Jameson's going to be about 23, 24 bucks a bottle, right? Mm-hmm. But Benchmark's going to be about 12 bucks a bottle, and it's going to kind of sort of taste like Jameson, right? <laughs> you want the experience of the thing that you like, but at half the fucking price, and Jesse Custer would approve. Yeah, oh, don't totally approve. Totally so if approve. You're going, yeah. If you're going, if you find yourself in your whiskeys and bourbons and shit, and you're kind of like, you're at Maker's Mark, and I'm going to re-preach it, you could do that, right? But I personally would not. If you're going to, if you're going to Maker's Mark and do like some, do that kind of thing, you don't preach your, Nah, it's going to hit you in the head too many different directions, yeah. right? Well, nah, go ahead and do like, like I mean, find something that is the equivalent of like, like a, 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 the, 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 the Paul Smith era of Dr. Strange, right? Okay, okay. Do that, like in that case, right? Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to make sense like a Marvel comic makes sense. It's still going to be weird, right? But right, it's going right. to be nice and clean for you. There won't be a point in which you have to watch Arseface have a band. And and really, I mean, yeah, Maker's Mark isn't isn't. You need a little more than yes. Maker's Mark for Arse Face. Yep. yep. Uh, and I, I mean, and Jesse Custer would approve of a cut rate beer. Yes, absolutely. Is not going to to turn up his nose at something a little more. I mean, definitely a Pilsner, but not like I, I can't see Jesse Custer as the the you, IPA you, dude. If you're, if you're so, I'm an IPA guy, right? But right, what I right. Would, what I would, if I were going to read Preacher and drink a beer, 
and I was like one of these craft beer dudes, I would go up to my bartender and say, if you had to drink a beer out of your own establishment, but on the back stoop of the bar at two in the morning, <laughs> where you drink, right? That's what you read preacher with. <laughs> it's got to be on the back stoop at two in the morning, and you're going to have one of your beers. Which of your beers are you picking, right? Yeah. That's the beer you do where you read preacher. Right on. You, know, you got you to set the scene, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, all right, just for shits and... G- I'm going through all my favorites now. Okay. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. Um, all right. I grew up as a goth, so you know where this is going already, right? Sure. Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, sure. All right, now, there's two <laughs> things you can do with Sandman. There are two things. You absolutely... Sandman is a red wine thing, but understand that with Sandman, there is a level of bitterness and recrimination <laughs> throughout Sandman that is, is beautiful right right With Sandman you, you you honestly you want to start you want to start cheap and work your way to single malts with whiskeys yes with, okay with yes yeah you want yeah, to yeah, yeah. it you want to be if, if you started Sandman with Jim Beam I wouldn't be mad at you <laughs> but by the time you're at the end of that you had to be pouring Lafroy over one, one ice cube like that's what I'm going to say right by the time <laughs> by the time you get the seasons of miss Right, you should. Yeah, like, yeah. You 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 at that point are like, oh no no, I'm gonna step it up a notch. Here. Oh yeah, I'm going up a level. You know something something with like that just needs just a little bit of ice, right? Because now you're into like, oh, this shit just got real. Right. right? Yeah, yeah yeah. It's gotta hurt a bit. Uh, yeah, that's 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 almost um, pull the grappa out of the freezer level. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah yeah yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. You can you can read if you're reading Sandman, you start it with I'm just gonna pour this on the rocks and drink it. But then it gets to like I gotta make a prohibition era cocktail. Yes. You know? Yeah, you yeah, make yeah. A grandfather or a rusty nail. Like you gotta do that while reading Sandman. Right? And by the time you're done, you gotta drink like as if your old man inherited property. Right? Like you gotta like, <laughs> oh shit, okay. I, I gotta put my ascot on now. You know, like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go sit out on the front porch and tell my neighbors they ain't shit, right? Like you need you need that you need fuck you drinks at that point. And that progression follows Neil Gaiman's growth as a writer and and his how at, yes. at the same time. That's brilliant. Absolutely. How I do brilliant. what I do. This is how yeah. I do what I do. That's how you do what you do. All right. <laughs> yes. You do it well. A little jealous. <laughs> Coming to Chicago after the pandemic. Since we're in vaccinations, we're hanging out. We're doing this already. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm if if tradition holds, right? Actually, I guess I was supposed to be in Chicago last month. Maybe even last weekend. Because usually I'm in town for, for WindyCon. Oh wow, okay. All right. Yeah. Um I'm a Dorsai regular, so of course I'm in town for WindyCon. That's where we have our business meeting. Okay. Um couldn't do it this year, obviously. Some friends of mine are organizers for that. Yeah. My friends are all con I have a bunch of friends who are con organizers in the area. And they're they're super organized. Oh my god! Because I couldn't organize a con. Like, yeah. Oh. I can, organize, I can organize 200 people to go see one movie together, but I can't organize <laughs> a con. Uh, the the best part is all of my friends in Chicago who are lamenting um, the fact that this would be the weekend the Midwest Fur Fest was happening. Well, it's cold out. It's a good weekend for it. Yeah, but they can't have the you know the the anthropomorphic art fans and the furries aren't coming into town they can, they can do it virtually and if there's one thing that you can do virtually it's fur fest oh yeah oh believe me they've been happening <laughs> to be able to do like your your super nerdy elaborate ass 
fur costume with all this stuff in the place where you made the thing, let's say, right? Right. If anything goes wrong, you can fix it immediately. I think that'd be kind of a dream right there, right? Like, I don't want to be at a con <laughs> and then have, like, my tail start splitting in half, right? And then be like, oh, man, where's the where's the emergency tail fixer upper people, right? You're at home hey, already. Hey. This is great. You You laugh, but there are literally people going around with, like, boxes at the fur events that are like, I can fix your fursuit right here if something goes wrong. Man. Right. <laughs> that's, that's NASCAR level right there. It is. It's, that's it's NASCAR pit crew. All right. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've seen people, well, I've seen people get in trouble for showing up and then actually like making a fursuit on site and man, the hotel has words. Because it's one thing you can't do. You cross the line, sir. That's you can't right. Become a raccoon. You got to walk in as a raccoon or leave as a raccoon, but you can't become a raccoon. Yeah, no. The, they, <laughs> they get they get really cross when you're like cutting fur in your room. Oh, just doing it like an oh, and yeah, because it's something they got to clean up now. Yeah, because the fluff gets fucking everywhere. It does, and then they, they're yeah. worried about clogging up their industrial strength vacuum cleaners. Yeah, yeah. This is where I say it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Uh, you, you bitch at me. You bitch at me on Monday after I'm gone, but you ain't gonna find out during. Oh, I have I have some stories about hotels who found things after people were gone and were like, "Let's talk." Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you don't want to pay this bill for the cleanup we had to do? Yeah, yeah. no, that's always a fun conversation to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Just you don't want to be on the receiving it. end of it. Now, now you got to pay it. Just pay. It. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know you did damage. Pay it. You gotta come back next year. Pay it. Damn right. And then when the hotel won't let you back in, don't come crying to me. Right. <laughs> All right. I think we're at the best advice segment. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wrote this stuff down. I'm telling you. No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> best advice I ever got for my business. And there's like, I got like five. Right. Different things, right? So, and I didn't get them all from the same person, but I did get them all at different times. And they all sort of matter. And I think about them often. One, the first and probably the most important for the, the business running aspect of the thing that I do is never live or die by the daily total. Oh, yeah. Right? It doesn't matter how much I sell in a day. Yes, I want to sell lots of things. Yes, I like when that number is huge. I, I love when the number is large. Yes, I notice when the number is small. But mm-hmm. I cannot let myself get beat up. If, if my Wednesday, which would normally be a big day, or Saturday, which would be a big day, are small days. Everything in my industry is cyclical. Everything yep. in any business is actually cyclical. There are going to be times in which you would normally be up that you might find yourself down. And, and for the first couple of years I was open, I thought, this is a hard lesson for me to learn, right? Halloween humbled me, right? <laughs> Halloween fixed it because Halloween fixed it. I thought, oh, shit, I own a comic shop and Halloween's coming around? Let's do this. You know what I mean? Nerds are going to be in here all cosplayed up or whatever. Let's go, Chicago. Here we go. We're going to do this Halloween thing. And you know what I learned? There's a lot of Halloween shit one can do in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they they don't have to come to the comic shop. They don't intend to come to the comic shop. Like, they'll come to the comic shop before Halloween to buy things because they got other stuff. Somebody's got to go out there and be a slutty postal worker, right? They're going to do that thing, right? And they will come back to your shop next week. Somebody's got to go out there and have a horrible bad taste costume involving Newt Gingrich or something, right? Or Ronald Reagan or whoever. They're going to go do that thing. Right? They're going to go do it. And you're going to find out there are people that you really respect that you thought had good taste. They have no taste come out. Mean, you no. don't want them in your shop. And they're gone, right? Right. They're not coming. It's okay. But I thought Halloween would be one of our big sellers. I used to order 
in advance of Halloween, like, um, let me order more because Halloween comes around, they're going to be in here buying this. Nope, they are not. Because what they're thinking about getting is tore up. If they got got kids, they will get tore up while walking their kids trick-or-treating, but they're not coming to the comic shop. Also, if I thought, now that I know, if I thought Halloween were going to be a bigger day for us, I would have opened a suburban comic shop, right? Where everybody's, you know, you got kids, you drop them in the the, the SUV and you drive the nine miles like you got to drive everywhere. Yeah, the comic shop and they go and they trick or treat in a strip mall like you do in suburbs, you know, and it's all monoculture. And I'd be a part of that monoculture, taking monoculture money. That's what I would do, right? Right. But I opened my comic shop on a major Chicago street where all reasonable <laughs> parents are not bringing their children <laughs> with vision impaired by some fucking mask. <laughs> all I end up getting is here's what I end up getting. I end up like. I get a couple people during the day while it's still light out. That's great. I'm on a college campus now, so a few college kids were like, st- I've had college kids stumble out of their dorm rooms, wander down the street to get to get comics, and then say, hey, do you have any candy? Like <laughs> 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 They weren't even trick-or-treating. They're, they just know it's Halloween. They're conserving their energy for later when they're going to get tore up, right? Yes. I will see them later. It'll be like 9 o'clock at night. They'll be high as kites. But at, at freaking 11 30 in the morning they're in their slippers they got like you know some face paint on because they know they kind of need it and like hey take candy yeah. give them some candy bounce right out right right but when it's dark out all i'm gonna get are teenagers dressed as serial killers wearing the jersey of their favorite point guard in the nba that's what i'm gonna get right <laughs> and i know i'm gonna get that thing i'm gonna get parents who are like 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 kind of i'm gonna get immigrant parents who where they're from, Halloween's not a thing, right? Oh, so it's, it's a spectator sport. <laughs> so when they get here, their kids have discovered it's a thing. So now they got to take the kids out trick-or-treating. These parents don't give two shits if it's an eight-lane highway they got to cross, right? <laughs> they don't care if this helicopter's dropping from the sky. This street is a street like any other street. And they're just going up and down the street. My mom, when I was a kid, would she would take us trick-or-treating through the neighborhood, but her real mission was to get us to the McDonald's and the grocery store. Because she wanted to see the corporations hurt, right? She was like, I'm taking every, I'm telling every parent in the neighborhood, go to that store down there. They're going to give you stuff you would have been paying for. They're going to give it to you for free. And we were happy we go, right? And these, these, these parents, they don't, they don't, they're doing it subconsciously. And I love seeing it in a way. It's like, you're not afraid of the big four-lane, five-lane street, right? You just came right over here with these kids. Trick or treat, look at you. But they do it later in the day because they know it's supposed to be a nighttime thing. Right. right. That's why they're doing it when they're doing it, when everybody else is done. They're doing it now, you know, because that's how it is. But I, it, we're not a Halloween thing. That that taught me easily. That was a big lesson for daily total. Screw it. Don't worry about what you make in a day. Get up tomorrow and do it again. Right. Because right? you, you're going to make your money. You will make your money if you're doing it right. You can't do the daily total thing. I also have, and I used this earlier, I learned to say when someone makes a suggestion for a thing that you are not prepared to deal with or you have dealt with <laughs> all the ins and outs of it and it's too much of a pain in the ass for you to tackle right now, or mm-hmm. the ins and outs of it you just cannot explain to a person, you say, Right. That's a great suggestion. I'll think about that. <laughs> that is a great okay. suggestion. I'll make a note of that. You know what? I better write that down. That's a really good suggestion. <laughs> you learn it because you know the inside baseball stuff that you're dealing with. Right. But the person making a suggestion doesn't know, and they could be right. 
They could have a suggestion, but you need a day off where you can really throw yourself at that, where nothing interrupts. It so might you, be six months before you come back to it, right? You need time to process. You have to process it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, don't let others control your emotional state as it regards your business or other projects. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have an entire day or more thrown off by a bad interaction with a customer, or I've seen people who own businesses get into yelp fights, right? Like you are, you are literally being drawn into something you ain't got time for, right? And it's where like I use like, if I wouldn't pay someone minimum wage to deal with it, then why am I dealing with it? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like if I, if I wouldn't pay somebody, if, if it's something I would give somebody, hey, yo, man, here's, here's 10 bucks an hour. Can you do that? Right. If I wouldn't do that, right, <laughs> then why am I fucking around with whatever this nonsense is over here? Just let all that go. I can't possibly devote any energy to that because I have my, my, my emotional state has to be up for the rest of my business and anything else I'm doing. And I have plenty of weirdos. And I got to say, every, I, I enjoy when I see a business owner start to have that Yelp fight because I know... <laughs> Because I know what's going on, and that is that now that, that one little comment, that commenter is living rent-free in their head. Absolutely. And it wasn't a business I was – it, like, shows kind of the true character of the business owner. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. I have a friend of mine who owns a restaurant not far from where I'm at. Right. And they had a Yelp reviewer absolutely write an utterly bogus and unreasonable Yelp review. Well, they, this person went in on what they expected to get out of this restaurant and the restitution that they wanted, and none of it made any sense. And everyone in the community understood this is all bogus and ridiculous. Right. And my friend handled it perfectly. Right? Like, that is not a thing we can do anything about effectively. We're sorry you had this experience. How, how about we do this for you? And, and how about we do this for you? You're effectively done. Anything right. beyond that point? Like, you don't have to go there. You've already said, how about this thing? When the person says, no, not that thing. I want this other thing, you're out. Right. Check out. That's it. You're done. You've done everything you can do. Right? You can't, I won't let, um, I can't let other people or situations. Mm-hmm. And, and where I'm at in, in, in the comic book industry with, like, you know, margins being so tight, lots of things can affect your emotional state. Last year, it wasn't even a pandemic. We're pandemic this year. Last year was construction on my entire block. Oh, God. The construction was supposed to be short-term construction, we thought. It turned out to be like six months worth of construction. <laughs> and like, you had basically, you lost half a year due to construction bullshit. But like, I had to still treat it like, it's a wrinkle I got to work with. Right. You know, the construction will be over at some point. I didn't know a pandemic would come immediately following two months later. But like, whatever. I just got to do what I got to do with, you know? Is what it is, yeah. Uh, one friend of mine wasn't even saying this, this next piece of advice in relation to my business. We were talking about art, right? Okay. And, and, and it, it kind of like dovetailed because I was in, I'm, doing, I'm in an art group that used to be able to meet physically. And she said, never let perfect be the enemy of good. I, uh, I have a, a, a similar saying, and that is perfect is the enemy of done. Yes. 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 Right. And, and it, I thought about that, like, you know what, like, it gets back to like what the customer knows and sees and experiences versus what I know and see and experience, right? Like mm-hmm. right now, I'm on a whole bunch of pieces of paper and a whiteboard, multiple databases and spreadsheets. That is not perfect, but that works for me right now. Right. 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 I don't have a customer who's like, 
can I see the exact situation that happens when you're ordering me Batman? <laughs> no. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't care. It's not going to happen. They don't care, right? Yeah. And then I have um, a thing that I have for myself, which is review your workarounds. Yes. Like you right now, if you're a small business owner like I am, you probably have 18 different things in a given like month that you have as not ideal, but it's how you've learned to do it. You should review those things to see if you can refine those processes. If you, if there's, maybe there's a thing you thought was broken, then honestly, now you, you can, you can fix that. You have the knowledge now. Now right. you know how to fix it. Go for it. Try it. Try to fix that thing. If it doesn't work, go back right back to what you were doing. Right. But every yeah. so often you should review whatever your workarounds are. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even, even there's a, there's a, a concept that I was taught, which is to do a regular check-in of start, stop and continue. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about the things you're doing, or if you're in a group, the things your group is doing and say, okay, we're doing this thing. Is this something we want to stop or continue? Or is there something we need to start doing? Yes. Right. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, you know, do, do I start something new? Do I continue doing what I'm doing or do I stop that altogether? Cause it's not providing retail, any it's like the four touch rule, right? If we're, right. I, maybe for some people it's a three touch rule. I'm a small comic shop. Sometimes I got to move. I got to touch a thing four or five times, but right. if you got to touch it more than X times, it's got to go. Right. It's not working. Right. You know what I mean? I, I move things around in my store. I have people who come into my shop and they're like, wait, I was looking for a thing. It was right here last week. It's not here. I'm like, I moved to the other side of the room. Right, I moved it to the other side of the room because something else had to go in that spot. I can change the eye level of something and sell a thing that hasn't sold in a month, two months. Right, right? like yeah, yeah. You, but like at a certain point in time, I have touched it enough that maybe it just needs to come off the shelf. Right. Okay. Sometimes I've touched things and I realize I'm touching a similar type of thing, and mm-hmm. all of the things of that type need to be put in a different kind of situation. Then I order new shelving and like, or or, or create <laughs> new shelving or a new display for those things, right? And that helps. That fixes the thing right up. Like currently, my current project I'm investigating is a certain type of cubby system to go near my all ages section, near, but it's different from the cubbies that are already over there, so it will already look different for a specific subsection of independent graphic novel, right? Right. Because the graphic novels I'm thinking of putting there won't go. They just, it doesn't work where my other independent graphic novels are. They need their own section. Okay. And we're going into like January, February, like post Christmas where like right now I'm going to have a lot of blank spots because we're selling well. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a downturn to this. And that's when I go in and like kind of do my real rearranging and, 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 reviewing what happened over the last three months and i go okay yep now let's actually get that display thing done you know yeah that that week after the christmas money is spent for us the cycle that i've learned that i've Mm -hmm. written down is the christmas money so and this is in a perfect world right like right in a vaccine world so we get christmas shoppers and then we don't actually have the big january drop-off because students on a college campus students come back flush with christmas money Mm -hmm. right they spend the Christmas money, right? But when they're out of the Christmas, by the time they're out of Christmas money, you're in February now, yep. right? All I have to do is sort of limp a couple of weeks in February where they're broke, where everybody's busted, right? <laughs> you limp then, but when it starts getting nice out, they mm-hmm. scrape pennies together to come back out again in March. Yep. Yeah? You have to get in their pockets before St. Patrick's Day. 
because all their money is earmarked for bartenders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to get in their pocket before St. Patrick's Day. After St. Patrick's Day, they're absolutely broke because now we're going in like that whole spring break situation they're, they're conserving. And you're just waiting until the first weekend in May, which is free comic book day. So that's my post-Christmas calendar. It's like, <laughs> give me your Christmas money. I recognize yep. that not only are you broke, but it's also negative 90 degrees in Chicago. Well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. out anyway. Aha, we're in the March now, St. Patrick's Day. Let me get your money before you go out and give it to the bartender. Spring break is about to happen. Okay, I'm not going to see you anyway. Great, fantastic. Now it is conserve, 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 because free comic book day is coming up first weekend in May. So like April yep. is it, you know? Yep. May is not. Interesting. Yeah, I, I do remember um, when my wife was writing uh, her children's book series, her, her hybrid graphic novel series, that there was a big push to release things to catch that Christmas money time slot. Yeah. Because the, the, there was like the, the big publishers um, who she works with uh, were, were like, okay, now we're probably not going to sell as many. We, we, we want to sell, of course, as Christmas presents from grandparents and parents. But what we want to do is, them hooked on the series so that after Christmas they're coming in and buying the next book in the series. Yeah. And timing releases around that. It was uh, it was an m- amazing piece of marketing to watch happen. Uh-oh. It's real. <laughs> All right. Uh, two questions left. Okay. Do we have the, uh, the easy but sad question? And then we have the difficult but fun question, happy question. <laughs> Do I celebrate success? That's the happy one. Yeah, that's why I have it in number six. So, well, well I, oh, I have it updated on the page. So I flipped them. Oh, yeah? I flipped them so that we could end on that happy note. Oh, yeah, so you got to get, okay, yeah, good point. Yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. How, yeah. How, how, to deal with, how do I deal with failure? How do you deal um, with failure missing a goal? Yeah. Um, I call it what it is. I name it, right? Okay. I call it what it is, I name it. I, whatever the thing is, I miss a goal, I fail it. I, I, I fail something at something. I, I state it so that I can push it aside. Okay. Right? I don't yeah. have to dwell on it. I have to live with it. Right. Like I, if I, if I, if I don't have the, the sales for a month, I thought I was going to have, I understand what the effects of that might be for the next month. Right. And it does mean I might have to make some adjustments, but I have to acknowledge that it happened. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I gotta, I gotta figure out why it happened. Yes. But I ain't got to live in it. Right? right. I'm not my failures. Right. Like, you know, Third Coast Comics is not, it's, it's events, oh man, the number of events that I've done. So I just, I've named some events that worked out really well for us, but I've had some events that did not work well, right? <laughs> and, and when those events don't work well, I just don't do them again, right? Or like I, I noticed diminishing returns. You get to a point where it's like, man, I've been, this thing, I really wish it could just keep kicking ass like it used to, and it's just not. And right. it's frustrating the crap out of me. Nope, I gotta like punt that thing. It's gotta be gone, you know? I basically like have to like, I, I don't, forget that thing i remember what it is mm-hmm. right but i've got to just move along man like i got other stuff i got to get to right right there's something else there's some other success waiting around the corner for me and whatever that other that that busted situation was i just can't go back to it i can't have it right yeah because yeah, yeah. uh, you, you state it you have to state it out loud name it write it down put it on a put it on your wall if you want to but like <laughs> you can't just let it eat you up right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And you're you're not a curl in a ball and and woe is me person. I can tell that already. I can I can get that way if an interaction 
So sometimes interactions, um, um, because I am who I am, right? Like a lot right. of my, uh, sometimes my personal relationships and business relationships are very similar. Okay. Right. right. So like my, my friends are customers and customers become friends. That is a thing that will happen. And I can absolutely like, like tell if something's not, if you, if you've disappointed someone somewhere in there, mm-hmm. it's like disappointing any other customer only now this person is also a friend of yours and you still want to get it right. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't want to cross the streams to the point where these things don't matter. They still matter. So you, you kind of need to address these things, right? Right. Also, because I, run, I ran so many events, you have to kind of watch out for the point at which, what I refer to it as, you want to manage the event, you don't want to manage people. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, 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 people in here from my various events that I do, I don't want to find myself having to herd cats who are my guests, Right. Right. They have the event go off. I want the event to be running itself based on how it's set up to do. Everyone's trained right to make it work right. But if I find myself managing people mm-hmm. in situations, now I'm not managing the event. I'm not, I'm not hosting an event, right? And then that's bad. I don't want that. Right. That's right, set right, up right. for failure. You're going you're gonna to feel that for, for time to come. Your next event's going to suck because that previous event sucked. Yeah, and, and it's, it's... You can only put on an event and do your best to give the people what they want. You can't actually like manage people's expectations in advance. Right. You, right. you know, um, I mean, you can set some expectations, but like if they come in with a wild set of expectations and expect you to fulfill them, uh, you're not the one who's, who's like, they're setting you up for failure in their eyes. So I, you gotta, do, you gotta do I, that. Yeah. I notice that's happening and I, I watch out for it. When I notice it's happening, I address it immediately. Okay. Right? Like when I would do our comic book discussion groups, everyone comes to the comic book discussion group. They don't have the same tastes and sensibilities or backgrounds, right? right. Everyone's coming at it from a different angle. So when a person uh, is in the group who has a different background or perspective or whatever, that most of the group has not shared or might not be clued into, I catch that. And then I explain it. Like I, I lay it out. Right. right. Hey, you guys, you know what we got ahead? What's happening right now is now we're at somebody who's not a big Batman or X-Men reader. They're coming from it from this perspective of Usagi Yojimbo or Strangers in Paradise or something. And let me tell you why that thing is as valid as the other thing. Right. This right. form of storytelling and culture matters just as much, even if it's not like three quarters of the marketplace. And this way, the person, you know, expressing themselves. Now they're included. Right. Like now right. they're on equal footing and we can squash all that. Before somebody walks out the door feeling like all we talked about was superheroes, let's say, and like their 90s or, or like early 2000s independent comic sensibilities is not really for them. I want everyone to feel like the, our events are for everyone. Right. And do that, I have to set a tone that it's for everyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Flip side of the coin. Okay. Um, do you celebrate your successes? Or do you, I absolutely if, do. if so, high? Okay, great. <laughs> I celebrate them. So I, <laughs> I celebrate them because the first thing that has to happen is I have to tell someone a success happened. So I kind of have like, I'll call my wife or, or text her. And I'd be like, you won't believe this. Like today specifically, a thing happened that I didn't, I never expected to happen that I consider to be a major success. A guitar player for one of my old bands that I was in in the 90s <laughs> messaged me and ordered a bunch of graphic novels for their kid 
And I haven't talked to this guy maybe like 10 years, right? And right, we haven't right. been in the band together since like 1995, maybe, you know? And so like we, we were really close back then, way back when, right? But I bumped into him at a bar like 10 years ago. Like I, I would have hoped to, you know, you meet your, your old friends, you see them again, you hope to do that. But just randomly out of the blue when this stuff happens, like I love that kind of thing. Someone has found me in what I do in this area of my life, not how they were connected to me before, and they need my help in something, right? right. I absolutely called my wife up and was like, okay, you won't believe what just happened, right? <laughs> because to me, I feel like you have to do that. You have to like, that is the way that your brain knows that what you're doing is the right thing. Right. Because right? your brain is going to spend a lot of time telling you, you ain't shit. Oh, I know. Right? So <laughs> yeah. sometimes you have to, your brain needs to hear you are like it matters to somebody right oh yeah yeah so, so let yourself feel that like there's sort of things i would do like i um i would depending on uh what the success is hey let, let's go to my favorite watering hole or what you know me and my mm-hmm. friends would do that thing you know in the shop like directly big successes it's hard to kind of celebrate them immediately because you're still in the shop right right but you have to note them and you have to kind of like write them down you have to you have to tell people that they happened because you were also trying to keep the energy of your community up. Right, 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 right. Like if all of your successes, so um, this has been a big media week for me, right? Like mm-hmm. I, last week, um, in order, in the last <laughs> couple of weeks, in order, in order of that they happened, it was a Wall Street Journal article. Okay. A WBEZ, so like our public radio. Oh, I'm, radio. A, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, at WTC, like a public television spot. Okay. Both of those things happened. Uh, this morning, I got a call that I am next week going to be featured on uh, Fox 32. So not like the shitty Fox News, but right, like right, the local right. Fox News. They're going to have me on next week, right? So <laughs> you you have to... I, I, I post all these things when they happen, right? Like, right. I try to post them as much as I can because I... It helps my energy stay up but I also need my community's energy to stay up because I know that January is when it gets cold, right? Like <laughs> you, you need someone like who's still got that hot energy for you when you're just like, man, like where did everybody go? I've already been through. Where did everybody go? Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. So I absolutely will celebrate my successes, not because I contacted all these people and, and they came to interview me or whatever. I didn't like, they found me. Right. Great. Right. Right. But since they did, that's all good news. And now that there's good news, hey, you guys, guess what? Good news, right? And then, like, I feel good. They feel good. Let's keep it rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. That's everything, man. All right. Except, I mean, you know, post-show discretion, things like that. Which, <laughs> what, what do you want to tell my listeners about? You got a chance now, man. Oh, okay. So here's, <laughs> here's the way this is working these days at Third Coast Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are graphic novel curious, graphic novel interested, you, you're, you, you love comics, and you don't physically feel like you need to be going into a place or you don't have a comic shop near you, then email me at Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, thirdcoastcomics.com, all spelled out. And what I'm offering is the Chef's Choice Plan, which is for you tell me what your budget is. And on my website at thirdcoastcomics.com, I have it all laid out with what the levels are, right? But you tell me right. what your budget is and what your tastes are. Tell me the last book you read that you really liked, graphic novels you read, you really like, comics that you're actually loving, anime, movies, whatever. You tell me those things, and I will match graphic novels to your taste, right? Fit it with your budget, and I'll ship it out to you, right? This is working for people because I think that our market in general mm-hmm. is not full of people who actually 
know who does what and when, right? So like, right, I right. want I want to fill your bookshelves and your coffee tables with shit you're going to love, right? And I want to do it based on you telling me what about yourself mm-hmm. and then I get to know you and then fairly quickly, you have some awesome stuff. Like That's what we did. Awesome. Love that stuff. Yeah. And now, now I'm going to have to go through my, well, actually we just did a big clean out. So I think we might actually have some shelf space. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we finally got around to, I think it was, this is the second round the, we've, we've been together now for about 13 years, Okay, going on 13 years. Uh, we've been married for seven of those. Okay. Okay. Uh, we already did like, we knew the commitment was real, not when we got married, but when we sat down and we deduped our book collection. Sure. That's right? real. You know, yep. it's like, do we keep, you know, like whose, whose copy of guards guards do we keep? Whose copy, yes. of, you know, um, I think we ended up keeping both copies of, uh, one of the Pratchett books because I had a UK edition and she had a U.S. edition. Right. This totally sounds like people who go to various cons about. We do. We do actually. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) that's what happens when you're, when you're married to a cartoonist and, uh, and uh, science fiction author. So, yeah. Um, uh, So, but uh, we just, we just replaced those shelves because they'd been sitting there for so long. They were starting to fall apart with new shelves. And as part of that, my wife was like, here are things that I read once and I'm never going to read again. And I'm like, None of those are my books. And uh, uh, those five, oh, oh, here's the stack of things I need to go through. And you know what? You're right. I don't need these 15 books that weigh 300 pounds. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Now that that's in the, the common area that is not in my office where I have my office books, which is a different sure. set of books. Um, <laughs> right. But, but now I'm like. Keep those out of like firing range. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the first edition Lovecrafts, I uh, Lovecraft paperbacks are uh, are on the other shelves but that's because she knows right <laughs> <laughs> but you know I like destroy the, my lovecraft yeah but the the tore up beat up copies of like uh uh you know um what have i got over there um uh, uh all my vonnegut those stay in okay. my office because i don't want anything okay. to happen to my vonnegut sure you know or uh, or my uh, uh, Gordon Dixon, so sure. <laughs> right on. Uh, I think that like based on what I'm seeing here, I can order some of Ursula's books. Yes, I think and, this is a thing. And you're supporting a small business. Yeah, there's like because um, I'm using I use Ingram. Yep, Ingram has a bunch of these. Uh, it sh- it uh, does it. These got- look like things that these absolutely like things that my market would love. Yeah, a Digger volumes one through six or the Omnibus. I'm guessing. Um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Dragon Breath. Oh, that's her kids' book series. Yeah, hybrid graphic novel. Yeah, uh, middle grade. It's a fun oh. series. I loved all eleven of them. All right, and the Hamster Princess stuff that that she did in the next series. Good. Yeah, I see that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Digger. You have to get through the small press. You have to get through Sofa Wolf Press for that. I one. think that I'll, I'll probably be messaging you messaging you about that. <laughs> Yeah. I, hear you. I hear you. Um here's some money. Send me a box of books. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Sofa Wolf is all about. Please give us money so that we can send you boxes of books. Yeah. All right. So uh thank you so much. You got it, man. All right. And uh for the people listening at home, we'll be right back after well, this. 
are back. I had a fantastic time talking to Terry, uh, and I just got word today when I was tweeting out that, hey, tomorrow we're going to have this great talk with Terry, um, that he is working on a big art project. Cool. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing it when it's done, uh, because I just think he does awesome work. In addition to apparently running a really cool shop that next time I manage to get to Chicago, whenever that may be, uh, I'm going to have to pay a visit. Absolutely. Right? So that's that. For our badge code this week, that actually fits right in because it is third place. Or third coast. Not third place. It Not is third first, place. It is first place. Just third coast. Third coast. Yes. Words. Um, what do they even do? Uh, it's... You know, there was a whole marketing campaign around third place for, I want to say, like Starbucks or something, and it just it invaded my skull. And so I'm 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 working on it. Third Coast is our badge code. You can find out more about badges at productivityalchemy.com. There's a whole badge how to. Yes, and while you are there, you can see ways to support us if you wanted to give us money. But as we have been saying for a while now, uh, don't actually give us money. We're we're doing quite well. Uh, we're, everything's cool. Uh, so. You, you actually asked people on Patreon to reduce the money they were giving you and give it to other charities. Yes. Give it to food banks or frog rescue or whatever. Uh, like, um, I mean, if you, if you just pledge a dollar, you still get all the free eBooks. So I'm like, if you've been giving me five bucks or whatever, you can drop it to a dollar if you still want the free eBooks. And and a bunch of people said, you know, I'm too lazy to actually change it, or <laughs> you will take my money and you will like it. Yeah. Uh, just give it to food banks and frog rescue. So, uh, yes, I, I, I am trying. But the point is, we are not currently starving artists. We will tell you if that changes. But Ooh, there are we? so many people who need help right now that uh, we feel bad, you know, taking money that could be better. That that could be better applied other places. Yeah, because it could, you know. And that right. may be Catholic guilt talking, and maybe some Lutheran guilt as well. Probably yes, but uh, and again, we'll let you know if that changes. But at the moment, we are doing okay. So yes. Uh, speaking of charities that yes. you could give to, uh, may I suggest the Florence Project? And this is. On my mind, because one of the things we will all be watching the Biden administration for like a hawk is getting kids out of cages at the border. Uh, fortunately, his task force, they're putting together a task force and they're announcing a bunch of stuff on, I think, the 29th. Yep. Uh, why not today? Probably because executive orders can't actually fix a lot of that stuff. You need people on the ground. And oh, yeah. you can't trust ICE to do it, obviously. It's not a Ooh. good policing themselves group. So anyway, uh, the Florence Project is uh, provides lawyers to people who, uh, to, who are detained at the border. And the thing is, uh, while those of us who are U.S. citizens get court-appointed attorneys, you don't if you're a detainee. Yeah. yeah they don't have to give you an attorney. So... Um, I think according to their website, 86% of immigrants have to represent themselves because that's, yeah, that's they ridiculous. don't have yeah. a court-appointed attorney and they can't afford a lawyer. And frequently they don't speak, you know, like legal 
legal English is a whole nother level than English English. I speak very good English. It's my native language. And people start throwing around words like latches and, you know, and I'm like, that, what? This is another world. So uh, language barriers. Anyway, the Florence Project uh, provides legal representation to uh, or attempts to provide as much legal representation as they can in Arizona. And so, uh, you know, kick them a few bucks. It is absolutely worthwhile because uh, people should not be, you know, <laughs> stuck yeah. without a lawyer because they can't afford one. And, you know, we have don't even know they have the right this. to a lawyer. Sometimes. Frequently. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really, it is deeply unkind. It is a lot of other things too, but mostly it's just deeply unkind. Yeah. So, uh, Florence project. Orange Project, yeah. And that's it for us this week. Uh, I, I hope that uh, as things progress, things get better. I hope that maybe some of my focus returns. It's been a little hit and miss last week or two. I hope my body starts to feel the relief my brain is feeling. It's going to take a little while. Yeah. It's going to take a little while. My shoulders have been up around my ears for four and a half years. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's going to take a little bit. Don't punish yourself if you have a mental feeling of release, but not a of relief, not a physical one, or a physical one, but not a mental one. Yeah. Because these things take time, um, and hopefully, we'll get through this together. And be and yeah. things will be better than they were before. And At least set the tone better. Damn it, we will will try to work very hard to make them better. Yes. And on that note, folks, I I know I didn't today, but I am going to do my best, at least, to stay productive. And if you don't, meh, there's always next week. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's always next week.